Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. I've been thinking, where should I put my money with so many options from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props? Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome to the Believe in Fins Talk podcast with TD. I am your host, Tony Dow. They asked me, do I believe in Fins Talk? I said, Believe in fans talk, the Dolphins on a mission and they about to embark. It's two a time, it's two a time, ready to be on a grind. Miami Dolphins are in their prime, so we about to shine. Uh, believe in fans talk, yeah, believe in fans talk. TD on the mic, trying to tell you what it is. Our team is on a rise, we gonna keep handling biz. We are going to continue to handle business, the Miami Dolphins, with another W, another victory for the fan base this week. Get up and get excited, Miami Dolphin fans, because I'm starting to hear rumblings about Super Bowl. (laughs) Yes, that's right, but I'm not going to go that far yet. We're going to take it one week at a time. I am just so excited at what the Miami Dolphins have done as of late. It's almost like every week since I started this podcast, I've I've been able to say our team is on a rise and we're going to continue to handle business and we've been doing that and listen let's just dive right in ladies and gentlemen the Miami Dolphins defeat the Los Angeles Chargers and they did it in an impressive fashion in every facet of the game they did it offense they did it defense they did it special teams this team is running on all cylinders right now they pick up the w with the final score of 29 to 21 we're going to get into some Tua Tungvaloa excuse me um action versus Justin Herbert we're going to get into some defensive action some offensive action special teams we're going to talk about it all there's so much to discuss Let's start out with the biggest storyline coming into this week in this game. Tua Tungvaloa versus Justin Herbert. Now, Justin Herbert was able to get the start earlier this season when Tyrod Taylor, well, there was a medical accident, quote-unquote, within the organization where I believe um, the team doctor actually punctured his lung. Something of that nature. Just, Just a crazy situation that thrust Justin Herbert into the starting role for the team. A lot of people wondered, oh, man, should we be starting him so soon? But it didn't matter because it's something you had to do because you didn't have a better replacement. Justin Herbert comes onto the scene, and he has done nothing but impress the entire NFL. Nothing but impress the entire NFL. There's a lot of rumblings that he's even looking better than Joe Burrow. Me, for one, I personally feel that way. A lot of people disagree, but there's a lot of people who feel the same way that I do. Now, coming into this week, there were a lot of people who would have already said that Justin Herbert looks like he's about to run away with the Rookie of the Year award. And I would have been one of those people who said that. Now, you fast forward to now, (laughs) I'm not so sure about that. A matter of fact, not only am I not so sure about it, 
I actually have Tua Tungavaloa being the favorite for the Rookie of the Year award. Yes, that's right. Why would I have that being the case? Let's talk about this game. This game meant so much. Number one, first of all, they had a head-to-head matchup. Now I understand that, you know, Justin Herbert doesn't play defense and Tua Tagovailoa doesn't play defense either. So when we say head-to-head, it's just these two guys playing against each other with their teams. But they were able to put their game on full display in front of each other, and we got to compare them live, I mean series after series in this game. And I am here to tell you that Tua Tungavaloa outshined Justin Herbert greatly in this game. Greatly, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, let's start with the stats. Justin Herbert, 20 receptions with 32 attempts. Not a bad day. Still not 66%. So he was below 66% in completion percentage. Then he threw for 187 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. One interception to Xavier Howard. It was a thing of beauty in that game. Great play by Xavier Howard. Now you go over to Tua Tungavailoa, and he was 15 of 25. For 169 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Now what does that tell you? Completion percentage, Tua sitting at 60%. Herbert a little better around 63, something like that I'm guesstimating. Tua puts up 169 yards. Herbert puts up 187, all looking good. Tua has two touchdowns. Herbert has two touchdowns. It's all looking good. But Herbert had one interception and Tua had zero. Now every quarterback throws interceptions. But that's the difference, ladies and gentlemen, between these two guys. Herbert is going to give you a pick a game. Tua may give you one pick every four games. Tua has gotten the start three times now and has thrown zero interceptions. Zero. This is the difference, ladies and gentlemen. In any one of those three Victories that Tua has gotten had he thrown one interception, the Miami Dolphins could have lost any one of those games. And when you look at Justin Herbert and you ask yourself, why is this team competing every single week? They're coming down to the wire, having shootouts, games coming down to the last drive, which is which is actually a good thing for a young quarterback to have his team still in the game at the end. But why can they not find a way to seal the deal? Why are they continuing to take losses? And sometimes you just got to look as close as something as simple as throwing one interception a game. If you take back Herbert's interception and he's throwing them at a rate of Tua, which is virtually, virtually none, the Chargers are playoff contenders right now. Yes. You cannot turn the ball over in this league. You can't. Look at Tua Tungavailoa. Last week he plays against Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray destroyed Tua in the stat sheet. But once again, Kyler Murray had the big turnover. Tua didn't. And the game came down to the end, and the Cardinals did not have enough to get over the hump. But if you had taken that one turnover that Kyler Murray had away, great chance they win the game. 
That's what it comes down to. Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and Justin Herbert are going to be great quarterbacks in this league. But they're going to be judged on Super Bowls. I continue to say that. They will be judged on Super Bowls. And Tua is in a much greater position to win more because he has the better team around him and the better organization that you probably trust more now than, than the other two to put the pieces around him. But not only that, he's not going to, to be the reason the team loses the game. Tua's going to go down as a career quarterback. Like, like let me, let, This is what I think of Tua right now. Tua is not spectacular. He's not jumping out of the gym. He's not giving you the Patrick Mahomes vibes. He's not having the Lamar Miller MVP season. He's not feeling like the Russell Wilson of the world. He's just a great quarterback. Not fantastic, not shocking you, not making you feel like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I can't believe that he's putting up these numbers. Tua, listen, Tua is not going to have many 400-yard th passing games in his career. I think he'll, he'll get some 300-yard games. But Tua is going to be the type of guy that's probably going to be averaging somewhere around 260 yards to 290 yards a game. With two, two touchdowns, maybe three a game. But where he's going to stand out and win more games than some of these stat, stat padding quarterbacks, and I guess it's unfair for me to say stat padding, but these quarterbacks who just put up big stats, is that he's not going to turn the ball over as much. He's not going to be the reason his team loses. And it's going to make him a great in this league. One of the greatest of all time if he has a career of this. This is what it's about. Don't be the reason that your team loses. Make smart, efficient plays. And when they need you the most, execute on third downs. And that is Tua Tagovailoa. Now I know some people they want to they want to hear me say no we want the Tua that's going to be the sexiest quarterback in the league in regards to his skill we want him to put up 400 yards a game four touchdowns throw for 5000 yards like Mahomes we want all this and that L ladies and gentlemen stop it it's a fantasy it's one that's not necessary to win super bowls of course we'd all love it i would love it but that's not what he is, nor is it who he needs to be. It's not. Now, some people will disagree. They'll say, well, we're only three games in. We haven't really needed him to open it up and be this big passer with, you know, 450 yards and four touchdowns. We haven't needed that. And that's a good argument. You know, I, I like to see us in a situation where we're down by 14 in the second quarter and we need him to will us to the, a victory by the end of the game. I like to see that just to see who he is in that regards. But the way that this team is being built and the way that this team is designed, that's not that's not what my, the Miami Dolphins are trying to accomplish, nor is it what they should want to accomplish. Look, look at Seattle. They put everything on Russell Wilson to deliver to his receivers. They put everything on him. 
And I'm telling you, ever since he got his money, they won't be they, – they're just going to be a playoff contending team that loses in the first or second round every year. Same thing with Houston, who's just really down right now. Same thing with uh, Baltimore. That's what these teams are going to be. And it's the same thing that's going to be in Kansas City in about two years when Patrick Mahomes' money starts to impact the team. We just need Tua to be efficient, make great decisions, don't be the reason we lose, and execute on third downs and the red zone, which he's been doing a great job at. Tua is going to win Rookie of the Year. Justin Herbert can continue to put up numbers, but the one thing he can't put up that Tua can is W's. Now, it's not just Tua that's getting the W, but Tua has a team around him that's allowing him to maximize his opportunity to contribute to the team's W. And as long as Tua doesn't turn the ball over at a higher clip than Herbert, and as long as he continues to grow and get better, he's going to win Rookie of the Year because the Miami Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. They sit now 6-3, and three, and how ironic is it? Right now, sitting at 6-3, and three, if the playoffs were to start today, We'd actually be going on the road to guess who? <laughs> We'd be going on the road to the Buffalo Bills. We'd be playing the Buffalo Bills on the road if the playoffs were to start today. The third seed versus the sixth seed. But I'm not going to get too deep into the playoff conversation because at the end of the day, the Miami Dolphins have big aspirations. We're not looking to sit here and want to be a sixth seed. A matter of fact, we're not sitting here wanting Buffalo to be the third seed having a home game against us in the first round. We want to reverse that situation. We definitely would not mind playing the Buffalo Bills in the first round of the playoffs. But we would love to be home. And I'm here to tell you we're going to be home because the Miami Dolphins are poised to win this division. I've been saying it for weeks now. I've been laughed at. I've been told that I've been insane. I've been told that I'm crazy. I've been told that the 49ers would beat us. I've been told that the Rams would beat us. I've been told that the Cardinals would beat us. And now, finally, I've been told that the Chargers would beat us. At some point, can someone say, you know what? I'm not going to tell TD anything else. <laughs> I mean, this team has been very impressive. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, the Dolphins are are poised to win a division, the next three games they have are very winnable against non-contending teams. They have to deal with the Jets. They have to deal with the Denver Broncos this week coming up, and we'll talk about that as well because I'm looking forward to that game. And they also have to play the Bengals before they get into the last four games of the season that will be they'll be ultimate test for the Dolphins. Now, let's talk about this real quick, okay? <clears throat> I want to talk about the schedule a little bit because uh, I, th I think we're clear that Tua has a shot to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. He just has to make sure that he continues to protect the ball for this team and lead them to the playoffs. Let's not forget, I was even one of those individuals that was very skeptical about taking Fitzpatrick out of the game at this point in the season. But I also realized, although Fitzpatrick might have had more yards and touchdowns, he would have turned the ball over quite a bit by now in the last three games. And this is where Tua makes the difference. High-efficiency games, we've been running the ball well, and we've been winning. 
It's Tua time, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up, the Denver Broncos at 4.05 Eastern Standard Time in Denver. That is going to be a good game. And, but, but you know what? If, you know, none of these teams are just walkovers, but things are getting a little easier for the Dolphins. The Chargers was the, the game that I felt could have been a trap game. Now they have to play the Denver Broncos, and that could have been a trap game as well. But I'm not quite so sure anymore. Why? Because it looks like Drew Locke might not even be able to play. He sustained an injury. They've already been, been without their starter. Now he sustained an injury, so they might actually be deep on their quarterback death chart to play against the Miami Dolphins, and that does not bode well for the Denver Broncos. This does not bode well as well at all. I feel like the Dolphins are definitely going to destroy the Broncos in that game. Then we play the Jets on the road. Another victory. I don't really like to talk about the Jets this year. I don't like to talk about the matchup. I don't like to talk about whether or not we'd win. I just always look at the Jets as an automatic win, and it should be. If we are the team that is going to compete for an ultimate prize in the Super Bowl, you got to be able to beat the Jets, especially led by Adam Gates, okay? So I had the Dolphins going 2-0 and in their next two. And then the Bengals, another test for Tua Tungvaluwa. This one's at home in Miami, okay? The Bengals with with um, Joe Burrow, who, uh, again, can't find a way to win, win games. This is another one where I feel like the Miami Dolphins should definitely take care of business. Not going to be easy. I, I view this just like the um, game against the Chargers. It's going to be a tough one, but if you execute and don't turn the ball over, it's going to be a W. But the Miami Dolphins have a favorable schedule for the next three games, and they can go 3-0. and And that's going to make this team team record become 9-3. and Nine? Could you imagine the Dolphins going nine and three? I mean, I guess we can imagine it because we'll be the favorite in three weeks in a row. We'll be the favorite. And if we take care of business and go nine and three, we've just taken everybody the, the top off of their heads. We've just blown everyone's mind, including mine. And not because I don't believe in this team or, or I didn't believe. I was one of the main individuals saying that this team has the potential to go 11 and 5. I've been on record saying we can go 11 and 5. Once again, I've been laughed at. I've been called delusional. I, I've been told that we're at least one year away from the playoffs. At best, we'd win five games. At best, we'd win six. At best, we'd win seven. I've heard some people who were optimistic and say we'll get nine wins this season. And the season isn't open. We over. We have so much more work to do. But come on, ladies and gentlemen, if if your projection is in somewhere around 10, 11 wins, then I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't I don't know what type of football have you, that you've been watching with this team. The way that this team has been constructed and designed, it's a thing of beauty. It's perfection. We're ready. We're playoff bound. Now, after those three games, and we'll be nine and three, we get an opportunity to stay home versus our first challenge. Now, now, why do I say this is our first challenge? Because we've had challenges, okay? But our first real challenge, let me give you the parameters of why I say it's a real challenge. First of all, it's in December. Whoever's playing great football in December, that's what matters. 
It's against the Kansas City Chiefs, who were the defending champions. All of their rush should be out. All of their Super Bowl hangover should be out. This is the point where they should be hitting their stride, playing their best football, getting ready to make the, another playoff run to try to defend their title. So this will be an ultimate test to tell us who the Miami Dolphins are. And I'm looking forward to that game giving us all the answers. And if we go 9-3 and three and we're healthy, I know the Chiefs are going to be the favorite. But in my eyes, we can beat anyone. We're going to save that for that week. <laughs> We're going to save that conversation for that week. But then after that, we have the Patriots at home as well. So two home games. I like the rematch with the Dolphins and Patriots. I mean, it's just something where we find a way to get a W against the Patriots almost every year. We split almost every year. We're the, we're the only team in the AFC East that at least has done their part in the last 20 years versus the Patriots, their dynasty. So I look for the Dolphins to either get their 10th or 11th win right there. And assuming if I'm to play, you know, the favorites, the Chiefs beat us, I look for the Miami Dolphins to get their 10th win right there versus the Patriots. But not only that, the last two games are the most important to me. The Raiders are a team that reminds me of ourselves. They made the right offseason moves. They've been coached better. And they've been making a lot of noise in this NFL just like the Miami Dolphins. The Raiders and the Dolphins and Arizona Cardinals are the three teams that have shifted people's paradigms, shifted their mind on how they look at the teams of the future. All three teams can be special. Who's going to end up showing that they're the ones? We won't know until the end of the season, but one matchup that's good. We've already beaten the Cardinals. One matchup that's going to show is against the Raiders, which is another game that I believe we can win, but it's going to be tough. They are a good team. They play very aggressive on defense, as they've shown this year. And I just, oh, my gosh, December is going to be such an exciting season for the Miami Dolphins. Now, here's what's interesting. On that game in December 27th, right after Christmas, two days after Christmas, that game versus the Raiders, we don't even know what time. It's to be determined. They're going to make that a primetime game. They have to. They might end up making that a primetime game because it's going to be a huge game with Raiders playoff implications and Dolphin playoff implications. I'm pretty confident about it. And the very last week of the season, the Buffalo Bills on the road, January 3rd, bringing in 2021 because everybody's so ready to get out of 2020. Just been a year to remember. We have the Buffalo Bills bringing in a whole new year. And that is the game where the Miami Dolphins want revenge. They know the first game, Buffalo won 31 to 21. And we just, we just couldn't get it done on defense. But it was also without Byron Jones. Once Byron Jones came back on this team, the entire defense changed. We couldn't stop the run. We couldn't stop the pass. We couldn't do anything on defense. And as soon as Byron Jones comes back, all the corners go back to their original position. And now our, our defensive line and our linebackers can actually focus on the run, finally. 
this defense has been totally different. And, and we're putting up numbers on defense that has us in like the top six in the league. But if you throw away the first two games without Byron Jones, we are literally easily the best defense in the NFL. If you take away the stats in those first two games, first two or three games, we are legitimately one of the best teams in the NFL on defense, like stat-wise. So that revenge game is going to be everything. And could you imagine playing Buffalo three times this season? Could you imagine them playing them two weeks in a row? Like, imagine the Miami Dolphins winning the division and having to play Buffalo at home for the wild card matchup just a week after, one week after you just played them. <laughs> Could you imagine that? It's possible, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said earlier, if the playoffs started now, we'd be on the road versus Buffalo, which means we'd play them in week six, 17 and in the first round of the playoffs back to back. It's a real possibility. So we have to be prepared to knock them off in this division. And more about the Buffalo Bills in this division, who's going to win in situation. Listen, we're virtually tied. Everyone says, oh, we're one game behind. We're not. Listen, I don't count them like that. The only thing I count in the NFL is the loss column. We are right now tied with the Buffalo Bills because we have the same amount of losses. And when we go this weekend and beat up on Denver, we're going to have the exact same record. Now, they're going to own the tiebreaker. They're going to own the tiebreaker. But what I love about the situation is that once the Buffalo Bills come off of their buy, when they get off of their buy, they have to deal with the Chargers. That's not going to be easy. Then they have to deal with the 49ers and they have to deal with the Steelers while we have to deal with the Jets and the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not saying that they're going to lose games, but at the same token, they have a much tougher next three games than us. Let me repeat this again. We have the Jets, W. We have the Char. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not the Chargers, but the Broncos, W, and the Bengals, W. The Bills have the Chargers, tough game, but it should be a W if they're a good team. They have San Francisco, still going to be a tough game, but also could be a W. It should be a W if they're a good team. But they also have the Pittsburgh Steelers, which they will not be the favorite in that game. They will not be the favorite in that game. And when it comes down the stretch, these games are going to come down to the wire. We've just set ourselves up for a heck of an AFC East battle down the stretch of the of this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. What's going to happen that when it's all said and done? I couldn't even begin to answer it. Of course, I'm a Dolphins fan. We're going to win the division, but this is going to be a every week is going to matter from this point on. Every week is going to matter. But the number one key for the Miami Dolphins at this point right now we got to get to 9 and 3. We got the great teams seal the deal on teams that they should beat. We should beat the Broncos, we should beat the Jets, and we should beat the Bengals. 
Great teams win the games that they should win. Not the games that are going to be tough if things happen. You lose some, you win some. But the ones that you should definitely win, you got to take care of business. And that is the Jets, the Broncos, and the Bengals. And the Dolphins will be 9-3 and three with four games left. And you are in the playoffs as long as you win one of those four. Imagine having four games and all you got to do is win one and you're in the playoffs. Just one. Win one game and you're in the playoffs. And we're not going to go for the one. We're going to go for the two. We're going to go for the three. Why not all four? First thing first, let's beat the Broncos this week. That's a very winnable game. All right, let's move right along. I want to talk about some other things in the Miami Dolphins um, we're dealing with um, this week. Preston Williams, as you all know, he is out for the rest of the season, I believe. Um, that's it for him. So we're sure, a little bit shorter on weapons, but it's nothing to alarm yourself about because this is what this team was built for. That's why I'm excited about this team. We have so many options at so many different positions. We have receivers, we have running backs, we have linebackers. When one goes down, another one steps up. Jakeem Grant's going to have to play a much bigger role. Hollins is, I mean, we have guys. The thing that makes people nervous is that we don't have big name guys. And I continue to tell you all every single week, we don't need big name guys. The way we're going to do this is the same way the Patriots have done this for years by committee not just the running back position but the wide receiver position as well we were lucky to have calvin noy back out of the COVID protocol christian wilkins from my understanding should be back this week versus the broncos as well also within the miami dolphins organization we released jordan howard <laughs> I knew this would happen, but I thought it would happen at the end of the season and not allow him to go into the second year of his contract. So what I love about this move is Miami Dolphin clears the Miami Dolphins clear up $5 million in cap space next year. There are going to be so many free agents next year and good ones that you can get for great bargains, especially with the salary cap situation with the revenue, that you want to go into next year with as much money as you can. The, oh my gosh, we're just in such a great position. We got draft picks. We got a little bit of money. We got a team that's already competing right now. Tua's going to be better. A lot of these young guys are going to be better. The old line's going to have more continuity, and they've been playing great. We're just headed in such a great direction. Like, where did this come from? You got to give credit where credit is due. You got to start out at the top with ownership making the decision to move on from Tannenbaum and Adam Gase and place Chris Greer in a proper position ahead of personnel. You got to give credit to Chris Greer bringing in the right coach. You got to give credit to Chris Greer bringing in the right personnel with the coach and also working with the coach to make the decision on which personnel you bring in. You got to give it up to the coach himself, Brian Flores, for being a leader of men, getting the troops to come together and win games, deciding to go ahead and, and put Tua in. You got to give this front office some credit. 
you got to give this coaching staff some credit. They've been doing the great the moves and great things. And almost every move they make is criticized one way or another. And everybody comes back weeks later. I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we did that. But they start out with the greatest scrutiny or the greatest doubt in question. They've been A1. They've been money. And we've dealt with a lot of adversity to put ourselves in this position. And we're still coming out on top. This is a thing of beauty. We have the right people to run this organization, and I love it. As a Dolphins fan out there, you should love it. This is why I believe in Fence Talk. This is why I love doing this, because this team is there's no better time than believe in Fence Talk. We got rid of Jordan Howard. Ahmed. I'm like, who, who, who is this guy coming out of nowhere, undrafted at Palm Beach? Who is he? Came in and looked like Miles Gaskins. Some might even say might have been a little bit even more productive. I don't know. Because how Miles Gaskins been with this line that's continuing to get better. He might even look even more productive. But ladies and gentlemen, you might look up even next year and see Miles Gaskins and Ahmed. Just come on. Like one two punch and, and Patrick Lear might be there to be the third back. It's gonna be interesting to see if they release Matt Breida in the offseason or if they're gonna give him a deal because he had an expiring contract. They traded for him. All of this is gonna be very interesting in the offseason. Where do we put our money? Where do we save money? Who's going to be the future? We got young guys that were undrafted and no-name guys who like leading the way. Where is this coming from? Zach Zyler. Another another guy. Tradigas, ridiculous. Just signed him on an extension. 3 Listen. He's a third-year defensive lineman who has produced. He's making plays. I didn't even know who this man was. He was going to be a free agent, and the Dolphins saw enough to go ahead and give him a th uh, an extension. And it was smart. Because you're not going to – guys, I'm still waiting on the details of the deal, by the way. But you're, you're, you're saving money. You're definitely saving money on this guy. I mean, Christian, I mean, this tells you that Godchild, who some say might be eligible to return for a playoff run, he's not going to be. It's, it's hard to believe that he'll be a Dolphin next year. It's hard to believe that he'll be a, a Dolphin next year. He gets a contract extension, Zach Zyler, because Christian Wilkins is out of the game and he showed that he can be a guy in Miami. Like this was a game where he had an opportunity to prove himself and he did. They, they, that means they already were looking to extend him, but they realized after that game with Christian Wilkins being out, let's do it now so we save money, lock him in because we're sold. This was perfect.
I mean, we're talking about the guy who's living in his RV and he's fine with living in his RV. And after he signs a new deal and, and gets some money, he says, I'm still going to live in my RV. I love it. Like, where are we finding these guys? Where are we finding these guys? This is like perfect, man. And I've always said you have to be able to find young talent. You got to find talent. This guy was a seventh round pick. He, he, he wasn't making much anyway. He wasn't making much money anyway. A seventh round pick. The Miami Dolphins are winning, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't, it doesn't get any better than this. Or does it? Or does it? What do you think? Tools on the rise? Offensive line protecting him. Offensive line looks like, see, one thing people aren't going to notice, the offensive line looks like they're getting better at run blocking as well. The receiver combination with Tua Tungavaloa has been amazing. Jaseki showing up, Parker showing up, Perry. I mean, everybody's showing up. Jakeem Grant. His team's on the rise. The defense, Agba, just congratulations. Congratulations to Agba, who should be making the Pro Bowl. I'm rooting for him to get a sack every single week. I'm rooting for him to get a sack every single week. A matter of fact, here's what's interesting about the Agba um, situation. You got to look at his contract. He signed a two-year, $15 million deal with the Miami Dolphins. And they only guaranteed one year of it. They only guaranteed one year of it. So he's definitely playing his way into the second year. Matter of fact, it makes me realize, I wonder, I have to check it out myself, if it's a player option or if it's a... Um, I believe it's a team option, if I'm not mistaken. It's a team option for next year. But Agba's still young. If I were the Miami Dolphins, he's about to be a pro bowler, guys. I would call him back in that office as well. And I would say, hey, we want to go ahead and give you a contract extension. Instead of the one more year, we want to give you three years. And you want to reward him for his success now instead of later. Because if he goes on to make the Pro Bowl and he has another successful year next year at the age of 27, he's going to get one more big deal. And it's going to be big. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2022, and he'll be 28 years old. He's going to get with the team and make, or have a four-year deal, which is going to take him into the age of 32 which is going to be his last chance to make good money in this league. So if you want to take advantage of that, Miami, you might want to do it now and do it at a cheaper price. You might be able to do it at a cheaper price now instead of the, because he's slated to make 7.5 next year anyway, and it wouldn't make any sense to move on from him next year when you can have him play under 7.5 million. 
it may be an opportunity to go ahead and give a, a two-year extension and make it a three years left and go ahead and, and average it out to about a three-year 30 million. You're already going to play 7.5 this year. So it kind of averages out to where he's making about 11 and a half for the two after that. So do the three-year 30 million and wipe that seven and a half out and you save a lot of money because if you have to sign him as a free agent in 2022 and you decide to keep him you're gonna you might be paying somewhere around a because he's gonna look for a multi-year deal you might get stuck with a three-year close to man three-year 39 million he's gonna make the pro bowl if he keeps this up and if he thrives in his defense the, the following year, he'll make it again a two-time pro bowler in a row late in his career. He's going to make money. <laughs> and the three-year 39 is probably an understatement. I'm trying to be nice here. Or the Miami Dolphins continue doing what they, what they plan to do. They let him play next year on a $7.5 million deal. But also next year in the draft, you already drafting his drafting his replacement. That's what great teams do. They allow you to become so good that you exceed your contract and then they let you go. Because the, the replacement is already played behind you and been learning behind you. And there are a lot of guys who are playing great football on this team behind Ogbaugh. That when they get in the game, they make plays too. Ogba isn't playing like a seven and a half million dollar end right now. He's playing like a eighteen million dollar end right now. Isn't that what Clowney wanted? Didn't we offer Clowney something close to that? And he's playing much better than Clowney this year. Once again, a W from Chris Greer and Flores. We're not talking about these things. We're not talking about all these guys who are flashing on this roster that we're not even paying crazy money for. The way we're set up, it's just a thing of beauty. I'm loving every bit of it. Man, we were so bad for so long. And we're starting to look so good. <laughs> you guys got to let me know what you think. Can we win three in a row and take care of business and go nine to three? Because that's where we need to start. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? In Fence Talk with TD. Thank you all for tuning in once again to, t to, the, to the Believe in Fence Talk podcast right here with TD. Man. No better time to be a Dolphins fan. I'm just so excited, man. I'm at a loss of words, guys. Thank you all for tuning in to the Believe in Fins Talk podcast. Every week on Tuesday, new episode released. We're on a rise. This team is here, and we're here to stay. Do you believe? Believe in fans talk, the Dolphins on a mission and they about to embark. It's two a time, it's two a time, ready to be on a grind. Miami Dolphins are in their prime, so we about to shine. Uh. 
believe in fans talk yeah believe in fans talk td on the mic trying to tell you what it is our team is on our rise we gonna keep handling biz thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.